This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, not a good day down at the East End, was it? Yeah. Okay, let's let's chew over and pick the bones out of that one. Justin, let's turn to you first of all, and then we've already got people looking to to come in. But let's turn to let's turn to you and see what your first thoughts are. Well, firstly, well done for the East Enders drum intro there. That was a nice touch. That was a special thank you to Fazana <laughs> Chowdhury. I think she knows. <laughs> Right, so, and the thing is, I'm not even hurting from it anymore. It's all off the duck's back a little bit now. Some particular highlights of today's game, Peter, would be the foul on the spree on the halfway line on about 14 minutes when the resultant free kick went backwards rather than forwards. Hamer doing a dozy doe on the fucking byline. Lewis's free kick on 74 minutes, hit the first defender on the foot. And then on 81 minutes, when we're still 1-0 down, our six-foot four forward is taking throw-ins and there's not one challenge on it. So, yeah, all in all, not great. And the fact that three big names, shall we say, were watching the match today must mean that he's under enormous pressure now to keep his job, I would say. It was just crap, Peter. Absolute crap. To be fair, yes, the stats will probably show we had a lot of possession, but, you know, nah, not good enough. Not good enough at all. Very fed up. Well, it's one of those things whereby you have to look at stats and realise that there's interpretation needed of stats. We had a conversation about this in earlier on in the week and somebody like Lou Orns will come in and he'll put two or three stats together and give you the narrative behind what that actually means. The stats of today's game are, uh, are you know, kind of tell a, a, a false story. Millwall having 34% of possession and us having 66%. They did exactly today what they did to Southampton last week which was, yeah, granted, it's Southampton, so they had even more possession than we did. However, they did exactly the same thing. We had 12 shots, and three of them were on target. I, I don't think, however, d- did we trouble the keeper, is my question, first of all. But fundamentally, it comes down to the number of games that we have played, and it's lost five in six. And I think people taking a look at the at the table... Over, the la- over that period of games are now starting to look progressively downwards because there are a cluster of teams between 38 and now 44 points, well, uh, which is us. Well, that's relegation form. It's relegation Absolutely form, it is. Peter. Absolutely it is. And we ain't got the team that will battle relegation, by the way. You, you can see it. There's no desire or heart in that team. We get sucked in. We're in big trouble. Yes, it's very depressing. It's very depressing, but never mind. That, that, let's get to hear what everybody else thinks because it's not just you and I who can come on here and be morose. We can bring on entirely new people and be morose. Your comment, by the way, about the 81st minute, there, there was literally a two-minute spell where, it, one, it took them about a minute to throw the ball in, and you suddenly go, so we've had two long specialists, long throw specialists, and we've only just kind of yes. found out about it now. It's March. <laughs> it is March, and we're just finding out about this now. Okay, that might be the case. But you've got the centre forward throwing into where he's with one area where he can be kind of effective. We also find out he can deliver a ball with his hands better than he can with his feet when he's trying to pass to a teammate, but that's fine. The ball gets kind of cleared down, down, downstream. And it, if I remember rightly, it, was, it came to Andrews, who, who played the ball across to Hoot, who was suddenly playing at right back. He wellied the ball 60 feet, or 60 yards, sorry, 
to a Spreer who was winning a header. It was like all sense just went out of the window completely. And I grant you that probably happened at about four minutes past three. Un- unfortunate deflection. Could Hamer have done better? You come and tell us. Let's get start getting people in, though. Let's, let's start doing that as quick as we can. Let's go to Terry because he was on first. Then I'm going to be coming to Alan. Then I'm going to be coming to Sean. Then I'm going to be coming to Charlie and then Rich in that order. So do stay with us. Terry, sir. Terry. <laughs> Hello there. How are we doing today? Yeah, sorry, you caught me off guard there. I'm just drying up and putting the washing up away. Sorry about that. No, I <laughs> I could I could have long conversations with you about washing up, but I don't think I'll do that after we've just long, lost uh, our, our fifth game in six, but never mind. What did, what, no. did, what did you make of the day? Yeah, pretty tragic, mate. The introduction of the EastEnders uh, intro was beautiful, by the way. That's the happiest I've been since three o'clock. So I appreciate that. Well, it's it, it, it comes from Fazana. Let, let, let's just recreate that once more. Replay. I think I think more dramatic moments will be available as we go through. Never mind. Anyway, it's a thing of beauty. Let's, yeah, t- no, let's turn was, to the den. It was horrendous again um, today, and there was very little improvement other than possession stats. We had at the end of the first half was it sixty-seven percent possession, I believe, and doing absolutely nothing with it. Yeah, I think we're ta- tactically in trouble. A manager that refuses to put out our strongest team. Unless, of course, whatever's going on in training, we're obviously unaware of. I understand that. And it's just a, it's a real worry. I, we just looked very disappointing. We're putting Gakia on at right back, which I don't think would have been our first choice. He's never been prolific for us or brilliant. He's just very average. Ken, again, looks worryingly unavailable when it comes to doing anything like he used to be able to. And like Justin said, like, there's no desire there. There's no hunger. We all sort of hype Dennis up because he's he's done great things historically. Even he looks out of his depths now. And it's it is a worry. I don't think we'll go down. But it'd be nice for to give this fans something to cheer about, even if we do finish mid table. But yeah, I I just don't get it, mate. We we seem to be getting worse as a squad and we've had some really good games this season. We've played some good football and people like Kona have had some phenomenal performances. And he gets subbed on today and he just looks, doesn't look arsed, does he? He doesn't look that bothered, which is a real shame because people have spoken previously about there being a togetherness for the squad. And I did mention that last week that I haven't really seen that myself. And I certainly didn't see that today. There was no, doesn't seem to be any sort of like cheering each other up on the pitch or fist pumps and hand slaps as you go past and all this sort sort of other stuff that you want to see when a team should be united. But then again, I guess with the formation rotation that he keeps doing, like a, a football squad without injuries should be putting a set 11 team out every week. You've got your centre-backs, you've got your wing-backs, you've got your midfield. But because we keep changing it every fucking week, there's no consistency. And I think that's a real problem. I, and I don't think with us rotating a squad as often as we do... Is working. I know you've done your coaching badges, mate, so you'll be better to answer that one. But I don't think that's working for us quite clearly. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. The coaching badges, I'm not worried about. Everybody's watching the game. You you guys are Watford fans. You have watched football. You know what you're talking about. And I value, this is why we like to hear about kind of everybody else's opinion. Uh, It was, yes, it was frustrating. um, What was wrong with Pollock today? I do not know. Did he? Was he on the bench? He, he may have been rotated. Let me have a quick look at the uh, the stats and have a look at the lineups. Was he on the bench? Is the question? Yeah, he was on the bench, so he'd have just been rotated out. Well, I mean, but why has he got to be rotated out? He's a young guy. Unless he's taken a knock, there's no reason. If we've played him what for the last two and a half, three games, to then all of a sudden just put him on the bench, he hasn't played horrendously compared to the other options we've got. So why then put Sierra Outer on? And at one point this season, we were playing Sierra Outer CDM. And then we put Tom Bashiro on today when we've got fucking Kone on the bench, who is clearly a better footballer. Like, it is worrying. I've, after last week, listening to last week's space, and then after I spoke and then reading other stuff, and people were like, look, let's just stick with him. I don't see the point in getting rid of him. And I was like, do you know what? That's probably the best way. We'll stick with that to the end of the season. And hopefully Pozzo goes, Mate, you've been pretty tragic. We have to let you go. But like after seeing today's performance, just like just book him a plane from Heathrow or Luton or Stansted, <laughs> like anywhere, fire him out of a cannon across the channel. You can't 
you, we, we all want to see our team do well. Every football fan does, whichever team you support, obviously. But he's, I think he, I would say from today's performance, has he lost the dressing room? Because it certainly seems that way. Well, they say that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. He did make some changes today. He made it a 4-2-3-1 rather than a 4-3-3, which kind of interestingly put a Spreer in the middle. I think they were hoping to get something from there and putting Dennis out wide right in the first half and he moved out wide left in the second, where I think he he, he showed a little bit more. But we've had that conversation about, well, if you put him through the centre, you've got that kind of, you, you've got his guile, you've got his ability to try to hold things up. And, of course, we saw against Huddersfield with the one moment of uh, uh, of great movement, great skill and good finishing, what that kind of threat he can give. We didn't go we, we didn't go with that today, and we didn't really go with a, a, a two-man up front. We went with that 4-2-3-1, as I say. So he did change things, and perhaps he'll look at us going, well, maybe that will, will make the change. He might be looking at those two goals from, from Huddersfield and not pinning it on Pollock, but thinking, well, Perhaps if I change something, then we'll see a change. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Terry, sir, best of luck with the with the washing up. I like a man who washes up. I do the same. I look at the. I, I judge somebody's personality by how good the draining board is stacked. There's a conversation to be had about that at some point, Justin. Trust me, one of my family members don't come out well of it. Per normal. Let's get to uh, Mr. Alan Lathwell. See what see what he thinks about about today's display, about the appetite, about the direction that we feel we're heading. Alan, sir, how are you doing? I, I think I prefer the strain of talking about washing up. Right, um, okay then. Well, for my money, I hmm. pretty much know the state of my wife's mental health, I, yeah. how, how well everything is stacked. Because sometimes hmm. I come down, and to be quite honest with you, it's like a game of crockery Jenga. You yeah. move one thing. If anybody remembers, oh, what was it called? Mousetrap where you'd like yeah. move one thing and then something else would fall in. It's basically like the opening scenes of Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I'm starting to take it personally, to be honest with you. That's why I think I need fair, to wash though, up. To be fair, though, I do like playing the game of just how much can I actually get onto that draining board. Oh, the word teetering. Before something... To- yeah, it's... It, and it, very satisfying to do that yeah it's anybody listening yeah. into this will know exactly how well the game has gone by the fact that you and i are talking about stacking training boards and, <laughs> and we're so passionate about it that's the thing <laughs> we are we actually have more passion about the washing up than we do for the football right now which well, says just about everything you need to know. well speaking of te- teetering on the brink what do we yeah. think what do we think of the current form our our proximity to looking at the league table and i appreciate yeah. We've we've all been around the block. We all know kind of okay, that's six points away. We we're now starting to look down rather than look up. And maybe there's a maybe there's a almost a psychological danger in doing that. Mm. But we also know that we have a habit in this club of kind of turning off after January, February rather, I should say, after the transfer window shut. And we sort of yeah. done that, haven't we? Yeah, we have somewhat, but isn't it exciting? We're going to have something to play for. Survival. It's going to be. <laughs> we're all worried about the, the season meandering to a boring conclusion. Well, we are now fighting for survival. But no, it, it, in all seriousness, regardless of what we all think about the job that, that Val has done up to this point, etc., I think it's very difficult to send him based on that performance today mm-hmm. and the selections. Terry said it. For, for my money, anyway, Pollock has actually played quite well in the games that he's played recently. And then mysteriously, he's dropped to the bench for to bring in Sierra, who's been clumsy at best, in my opinion, when he's played of late. Our best right-back continues to be o- over- overlooked. What the hell's going on there? And, you know, as, as also been said by a few people now on Twitter, and on, 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 Justin said it as well, you know, we it's now what March the second, and we've just realised that Rivich has got a long throw. In the same way that we only realised about ten minutes before Reese Healy moved to Huddersfield that he's got a long yes. throw. And and on top of that, Val in his press, oh yeah, we've done double sessions. What double sessions of what? What did you do double sessions on the dartboard, yeah. table tennis? What was it? Because it weren't football. And add into that, we've got a 135-year-old set-piece coach who clearly doesn't have a fucking clue what he's doing because we can't score from them and we can't stop them going in at the other end. But, yeah, other than that, it was a perfect performance, really. A very good friend of mine is Millwall season ticket holder. He 
blimey, he likes to put himself through some misery. He sent me a message on Twitter earlier, or responded to a tweet that I put on. He actually said we put them under a lot of pressure, but, you know, we could have played till three in the morning and, and they could have walked off the pitch and we still wouldn't have found the back of the net. It's a pretty dire position we find ourselves in. And I think given that the three pillocks were in the stands today, I think that's fairly telling. I would envisage, based on that, based on the performance and the outcome, I would imagine that these three clowns will be printing out a P45 in the next 12, uh, 24 hours, I would say. Yeah, I think obviously TalkSport put out a thing suggesting that was in the ether last week. We discussed yeah. it and, and looked at it and and said, as Terry said earlier on, we lost the dressing room. That's kind of interesting. Interesting, I started off this by, by talking about, or, or somewhere, talking about stats and kind of saying the stats in this game don't really kind of stack up. And I mentioned Lou Warns, and he put something up I think quite interesting. was uh, he, About six minutes ago, he said, I can only yeah. assume we don't have a match analyst at the club because the way we are going into games is like we've never seen the opposition play before. We look well, remarkably unprofessional. I think that's a reasonable observation it, it, yeah we've got plenty of analysts at the club um that's, see what that's, that, that, that's certain but what i think what we do quite well as a football club we're remarkable at employing utter incompetence at every single level aren't we it's, it's quite it's quite an achievement to be incompetent at everything i think that's well done gino you must be extremely proud that's your blueprint mr incompetent incompetent at every single level. It must be immensely satisfying for him. The, the reality is that it doesn't matter who's in charge, whether it's Val Ishmael, Val Dunican, Ronald McDonald, it doesn't really matter who you put in charge. The, the problem at this club is until he fucks off and, and we, get, we get some investment from somewhere else, we, we, the reality is we're just going to lurch from... It's like Groundhog Day. We're just going to have the same conversation season in, season out. And I think, you know, given where we are, I, I just can't really, I don't really see on the horizon that, that any investment's going to come. And I think this is going to be kind of, which is literally what you could do, Pete, is just rather than do the spaces each week, is just play out the same spaces every week because it will largely be the same content, to be honest. I, I've got a plan. And, I've got a plan. Yeah. What I'm going to do is I'm going to finish every call by going by, by like this. I'm going to say, Alan, I've decided yeah. the new head coach, yeah. the he new head coach is Moji Bayat. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> That's the way to do it, everybody. That's the way, right, we're going to be having this. This is a theme. Pete, Pete's got a new button, everyone. It, and Fazana, if you're listening, this is all your fault, your idea. Right. There we go. There we go. Outlook, we'll see how we get on, obviously. Swansea on Wednesday. Oh God! Uh, I don't do I don't do midweek anymore because it's just it's a pain in the ass with work. But I, I should be then because we're at home next Saturday, I think. So I should be there a week a week today, but I won't be there midweek. But I can't say that I feel particularly positive about the Swansea game. To be honest, did I, they, did they win today? I'm not sure what they did. But they, I know they were two up. I I will go and have a look in just a second. Let me let me come across to here. We go. Swansea two one. 2-1 versus Blackburn. Yeah. Cardiff beat Bristol City 1-0. Huddersfield got one, a 1-1 one, one with Lees, which uh, hope, we hoped was going to show that last week's game was uh, an encouraging start from them, but no. Birmingham 3, Southampton 4. That's a doozy. Leicester 1, QPR 2. <laughs> yeah, that's, very, that's particularly satisfying. I must knock on next door and ask Corin how he's feeling. Um, oh, don't take it out on the next door neighbours. <laughs> what can you do, Alan? Sir, have a great uh, have a, have a, have as good a week as you can possibly have, and Cheers, uh, and, and don't look at the don't look at don't look at the league table. Excellent, right? Okay, let's get to let's get to Sean and uh, see what his thoughts are, and then we'll be coming to Charlie after that, and then Rich, and we're going to be getting through everybody today. Let me go there, Sean, sir. How are you doing? Would you like an EastEnders moment? I don't think there was anything there that warranted any EastEnders moments today. Oh, come um, on. Oh, dear me. It was painful. Painful. We had some friends around earlier, and I actually started watching the game about five minutes late. By that time, we were already 1-0 down. So um, I missed the highlight of the game, unfortunately. But, yeah, I've I just watched the game, and there was so much movement and things going around, but yes. no end product. It was just so samey. There was no one creating anything different. The fact that we don't have a consistent team every week for me, 
nobody is, is thinks their place is solid and I don't see that just any uh, element of effort going on. You've got a lot of people down in the lower leagues that would absolutely give their right arms to be playing professional football for a championship team, especially one of the likes of Watford, considering where we've been. And there just doesn't seem to be that. It's just very a sense of apathy across the team and that there's no sort of dynamic no, no one dynamic or trying to do something a bit different. It's all the same. And as previous caller has said, changing the manager, is that going to make a lot of difference? It may make a little bit of difference, but you're still going to have the same 11 players out on the field or the same 15 or 16 that rotate every so often that are going to have to try and get us out of the hole that we find ourselves in. And I'm really now concerned and looking over our shoulders thinking we could well get drawn into that relegation battle. It was mentioned a few weeks ago and someone was saying it. And I thought, nah, we've got enough. In. We've got enough to be able to not worry about that. But the more I look at it now, I've got to say, I think we need to be really careful. And for anyone considering going on Wednesday to the Swansea game, I've heard that there's a brilliant four-part Troy Deeney podcast out. I suggest they listen to instead of going to the game. No, go to the game. Come on, let's support our club. We've got to do this. <laughs> We've got to do this. But Dad, absolutely, go and have a listen to that. That's good fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Terry mentioned it earlier on that we bought on Took off, took off Livermore and bought on Tom Deli Bashiru. And I, so I just basically kind of sat most of the second half watching Tom Deli Bashiru. And every time the ball comes to him, it goes back to the player who gives it. Oh, no. Every single time. And I'm not saying that's not necessarily a good thing because if you're playing a bit deeper and you play it into Tom Deli Bashiru and he comes shorter and drags a player on his back and passes it back to you, you can now play into the space that he and the, the player marking him have vacated. But he does this sideways all the time. It doesn't benefit us at all. And I appreciate Kone had a shocker, a shocking 26 minutes last week. I get that. But the one thing he is capable of doing is getting and turning with the ball and playing in those little tight areas and driving with the ball. We didn't get to see that today. That, to me, was a bigger indication of why I think that the three amigos, if you didn't see it online, but Moji, Scott Duxbury and, and Gino Pozzo, we're, yeah. we're, we're all sat there all together at, at the den, which is why people are going, well, maybe they're looking at this and thinking perhaps we need to do something because, again, they might be looking downwards, but oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. It's, yes, it's very grim, very grim. Never mind, never mind. We yeah. shall... Go on. I wish we could just see a little bit of a, a counterattack every now and again, something a little bit quick going forward, move the ball, you know, make some different runs, but everything is the, such the same. We go forward a bit and then backwards. And by that time, the other team's got everyone behind the ball and we can't break anyone down. I really don't. Yeah, it's difficult to say, but I can't see where our next goal's coming from, let alone our next point. So, yeah. Well, well there's, there's, there, there's a saying, and I appreciate, <coughs> excuse me, Terry mentioned earlier on in coaching, which is straight line running equals straight line thinking. And mm-hmm. what, what, what that basically means is if you are just running towards your goal and just towards theirs, that's very easy to kind of defend against. You're on a single plane and I'm just going to adjust to you. What starts to shift it is if you're making diagonal runs because then you're having to move horizontally, dragging people out and creating space in different areas. We do very little of that until we've got the ball into the final third and we do that so slowly that all of the opposition have then basically kind of tracked track back and sat there and defended. Anybody who watched Millwall last week would have known that actually what they'll do is they'll sit and they'll basically defend and then they'll look to hit you on the break. And we just didn't have enough in there in terms of, and I'm not just talking about the individual players. I'm talking about, if you think about them as brickwork, we didn't have any mortar. There was nothing here today that was, and it was at the start of the season, more than the sum of its parts. There was no interconnectivity between the individuals and the players. Lewis he, he may as well have been wearing a dark blue shirt, to be quite frank, because every single time he got it, he was, he, he, oh, just, no, my, my own personal barb there, never mind. Well, look, we'll see how things go, but I can just imagine it now. Val's going to come in and Gino's in the room and he turns to him and then Val turns to the person he doesn't know. And Gino says, don't worry about her. That is Helen. She is from HR. <laughs> More EastEnders coming again, everybody. Oh, well, sure. Me. I will I'll, see, I'll I'll see, see you on Wednesday at the game. Buddy. Absolutely. You take care. Lovely right, stuff. Let's care. get across yeah. to Charlie. Charlie, sir, how are we doing, mate? I don't know about EastEnders, mate. I think you need the Benny Hill thing tune. Oh, grief. That's that's the kind of thing that I should have had to hand. If only I prepared earlier. Well done. Yes, so we're doing here. requests, everybody. It's that kind of resultant day. Oh, Charlie, mate. Come yeah. on. Take me through well, it. Make me feel better. 
Oh, God. He want me to make you feel better, mate. You might as well cut me off now. Where do you start? Right. Ben Hamer is the best of what we've got in that position, but he was shocking. That free kick, it took a deflection, but his left hand looks so weak going down. Should have saved that. Should have saved it. It's just that little back pass that he could miscontrol. Thank God that wasn't near in the middle of the goals. That would have been, it would have been 2-0. That was a shocker, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and... Fair play, he came out the other week, didn't he, and said that was a shocking performance. But whatever's going on in that team, it seems to be catching because people are saying, who have we got to get us out of the rut? And a few weeks ago, I'd have said Jake Livermore, but even he's gone quiet. Doesn't seem to be the natural leader on the pitch. We don't seem to have one of them. And just listening to your interview the other day with Troy Deeney, it actually made me feel in the greatest possible sense. It made me feel depressed because it was an excellent interview, but it just shows how much we miss him as a character around the club. And when he revealed that he was in talks to come back in some capacity, whether it be as a player coach or a coach or whatever, and for whatever reason that deal didn't work out, I hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I thought it could he have been could he have been the one that made the difference this year? not necessarily as a player, but just someone behind the scenes that's going to not be too, not be afraid to call players out, to speak his mind, as we know he has done. But getting back to the game, we just didn't look like scoring on a month of Sundays. It was poor. It was negative. When Rivic came on and started taking the throws, I actually fell off my char- chair laughing. <laughs> because yeah. If we can get that lad to take a long throw build up his pace so he can run as soon as he's thrown it, get in the middle of the box and actually try and then jump and try and win a header. We might be on to a winner there. Write that on, uh, a, on a whiteboard and you've got a strategy. Absolutely. Well, why not? This manager's bloody clueless. We've all said, we've all sung Val's praises earlier on in the season. He came in and it's always going to be a tough gig to be a Watford manager at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, they've ex- they extended his contract back in the winter, didn't they? And I thought, well, okay, he's done all right, but this is a bit too soon to do that kind of thing. And although I do think he's now got a go, it's a case of, well, if he doesn't go, it's not the end of the world because who the hell could come in with this crop of players we've got and do anything different? Or And I get that the new manager bounce might just take a bit of pressure off the even thinking of relegation. I get that. I don't want Val to stay necessarily, but I don't see why or what the point would be of sacking him at this point. It's a really strange situation we're in now. And I hate to say I, so, t- hate to say I told you so, but especially at the end of January we, when we signed absolutely nothing, no one that's going to improve the team, I was fearful. And it's horrible because, as I keep saying, I don't enjoy being right when I predict that Watford aren't going to do very well. I want them to prove me wrong. I want to be looking up the table rather than down at the bottom of the table. But it doesn't feel good, Peter. And the only blessing, I think, this season is that people might actually start to be waking up a bit now. I don't know what the full-time sort of reaction was from the crowd today because my stream kept going on and off. But I would imagine people paying their hard-earned money to go and watch that crop of shite is is not going to go down too well. And fair play to people that do go to these away games because... I know we've won a couple on the road this year now and had a couple of good wins, but overall, especially at the moment when times are tough for everybody, you go and pay money to watch these players that are on good wages with a manager that's being played, paid probably pretty well. And he's coming out of all these sound bites in the press about, oh, yeah, well, we had a long talk and we've sorted it out. What, what were they talking about? It's like these extra sessions, as I think was it Alan said a minute ago, what are they actually doing in these sessions? And... There was a quote somewhere, I haven't read it myself, but apparently he said that he likes to watch the opposition mm. for the first 20 minutes to see how they're playing. It's like, well, call me old-fashioned, but isn't that what your scouts are for? And isn't that what DVDs are for? And Well, not DVDs now, but isn't that what... <laughs> oh, Charlie, Charlie, everybody, the, the 1990s want their technology back. Well done, like that. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, mate. Oh, yes, yes. Show me AJ. But Absolutely. <laughs> You get my point, though. It was echo. It echoes the point that Lou Warns uh, that I read out earlier on, where, where he says about have we got match pre-match analysts? This, this stuff should be being done departmentally, and it has to then go to the manager. But if he decides that actually he's not going to in- utilize that, then kind of what are you going to what are you going to do? I've got sympathy because Huddersfield, when they turned up last week, 
it was the first, it was Brian Reitner's first game. We didn't quite know what they were going to see, no matter what. But this was Harris's second game, and it was an absolute morph of, of the first game. They will have known what it was going to be. It's, he's going to, and you could have gone back to take an awful long look at a lot of uh, games under Harris with Millwall. He is going to get. He's going to try and kind of get it forward. He's going to work hard. He's going to basically kind of stuff around you. That's going to be put, putting pressure on you all the time. And it's going to be. You know, it shouldn't have been a surprise in that way. But we just seem to have the ball, but still not do anything with it. It was there was just nothing in terms of bringing everything together. Now there are. Basically, if we take a look now, from now until the end of the season, the next three games are Swansea City, Coventry City, and Birmingham City. After that, it's Leeds, West Brom, Preston, Ipswich, Southampton, Hull, Sunderland, Middlesbrough. Basically, it just kind of keeps getting a bit harder. If those next three games, if we're needing to get something out of there, Charlie, I make you Gino Pozzo. How do you like them apples? Would you stick or twist at this moment in time? You always ask me a question that I don't know the answer to, mate. Um, <laughs> it's an opinion. I like it. If it if I was Gino Pozzo today, I, I personally I'd be feeling ashamed of myself, let alone anybody else. But I think looking at the, the fixtures, and I think it was Rio that put the fixture list out after Huddersfield, and I looked at the list and I thought, my God, we're in trouble here. Mm. I would probably weighing it up. I would probably get rid of him and hope for a new manager bounce that's going to come in and try something different to get at least another 10 points out of the remaining games. And maybe I'm being a bit negative there, but I just can't see where a win's coming from at the minute, Peter. We're on, 40, um, we're on 44 points. We need to get to 50, typically, is, is the safe. It might it might not need that much, who knows? But it's if you look, there are people on 38 points in the relegation zone. So there's every possibility. Of course, people take points off of each other, et cetera, et cetera. But we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. The last thing I'll say, Peter, very quickly... I appreciate we're all saying we're not going to go down and it's unlikely, but we can't take that for granted. And I think if the players have got that mindset of, well, the season's over, but we're not going to go down, then it could very much bite us on the arse. I hope I'm wrong. But there you go. That's just something I wanted to leave for everyone to think about, really, mate. Thanks very much. Every call, I'm going to do that. I know it's annoying everybody, but I'm going to do it. Charlie, thank you very much, sir. Lovely stuff. Just a cautionary tale there. Hello, my name's Chris Stark. I'm from Peter Crouch Podcast. And you are listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes Podcast. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. (whistles) At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rich, sir. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to sit in the same trousers as Gino Pozzo because I think Charlie bristled at the suggestion. I, I, I've done it badly. I shan't do it again. Don't worry. Uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk to Rich. Then we're going to be coming to, to Boyd. We're going to be coming to John. We're going to be coming to Paul Fiander Turner. And then we're going to be going to uh, who? Oh, and then we're going to be coming to Robert and Gary. Right, sir. Uh, mate, how do you like them well, apples? I'm just numb to it, Pete, now, to be honest. I think I share. Justin said it at the beginning or whatever. I'm literally just numb to it all. And it's not something I've, anybody that listens to me is probably fed up to the back teeth of hearing the same thing, but I've been saying it for weeks and weeks. So it's nothing new. I want to see a football team have a go, have an attack, have a pattern, have a plan. We don't have anything like that. And for decades, I went to away games. I don't get to so many now for various reasons. And I I just think of the away fans so often when I watch games on television. Obviously, I'm at every home game myself. But when I watch away and I've seen thousands again there today, 
having good times getting up there and spending a lot of money and then they turn up and they watch that again and it's not for the first time and I just asked myself what are those fans wanting now what is the expectation of entertainment and football now and is what they've seen to are they going away today thinking oh okay I've had a good day out with my mates which is good and we all know that happens and I've done that what you're seeing on the field, are you feeling proud about what you're watching? Are you feeling excited about what you're watching? And, well, they can only answer that question, not me. The team, for me, you look at today and you think to the manager, and you've spent a lot of this programme already today talking about the relegation. And who thought we'd be talking about that? But this time next week, whatever the time is at the moment, I've lost track, but it's about half past five-ish, give or take, a bit later. What will we be saying this time next Saturday night? Because if we've lost against Swansea and Coventry, and bearing in mind our home form is horrific, but let alone our away form, we go by a goal, let alone a win. And we're playing two decent, organised football sides over the next two games. What are we going to be thinking when we're sitting here this time next week? It's only six points the gap. There are teams at the bottom on on some momentum. And... I don't trust this bunch of players if they get into a relegation scrap to be able to, to get out of it. I just don't. The team looks dead. You look today and think, is that team playing for the manager? You think they are? I don't. And the coach has just gone, he's just got clueless. He's told us the last two weeks, the l- last week was all about we need a home win for the fans, we need to excite them, and we turn up and play like that at Huddersfield. Now, I didn't think it could get any worse. But he's now talked all week about he's having conversations. We've had a revisit. We've had a relook, And he still comes out. I know you tweak the formation. To me, it's still 4-3-3. I don't see the 4-3-2-1 that you mentioned, Pete. I understand mm-hmm. what you say. I still see 4-3-3, I'm afraid. When I see Dennis playing as a winger, come on. We saw how it, what he does in front as a centre-forward against um, Huddersfield. He didn't last long, but at least he looked like a centre-forward when he turned and scored. We, we look a million miles away from that up front. And you just think to yourself, so he's had all this talking and then we deliver that. Now, Millwall are probably the worst team I've seen this season. I, I can't think, I've seen some bad teams this season, trust me, a lot of them in yellow, sadly. But they were dreadful, absolutely dreadful. They're for the taking. And they've won the game at Canter. They've not been troubled. They're not, they're, their goalkeeper's not got a bit of dirt on his shirt, these, uh, the old saying. He's not had tons of saves to make. He's not been, they've not been screaming for the whistle. Well, they were but only because it was in the 94th minute they just wanted a win. But they was never, ever in any danger of conceding a goal today. Watford are literally impotent. And they're made that way because you have a coach who plays not to lose. He sets out a defensive mindset. He says, he's, as, as Charlie said a minute ago, and he's, he's in voice at Santa, he looks at the first 15 minutes, come out and have a bloody go at a team. Come out. Millwall are literally creaking. They're not there by any stretch of the imagination. We've given them the goal after three minutes, and then we've done nothing for the rest of the half. And it's just incredible. And then we ask ourselves, right, we, the odd time, we get set pieces. Apparently, we're paying for a set-piece coach. I heard the crowd, the away fans, actually booing us taking a couple because we were taking so many bad free kicks and then who knows it we had two center forwards two arguable number nines in our club that can throw a ball god knows how many yards who knew that obviously the set piece coach didn't and 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 i'd imagine the the latest number nine that has got a long throw will probably end up the same place as the last one has doing not playing football anymore and just pandering away it's it's just it's just dreadful and I don't know what the fans want now. I don't know. I, I can't speak for them. I, I just want to be go to a football game and see some a sign of a team, a sign of a plan and some attacking football that gets me excited, that makes me think this team looks like they want to win the football game. And I haven't seen that for months and months. And he, I can't see how he can survive. Why keep him for another 11 games? If you're not careful, this guy is taking us down because this team are not playing for him. Yeah, it needs a bounce. It needs a massive bounce. And I just despair of it all. There, there's so many poor players out of form. I don't want to pick on too many, but you know, look at the demise of Ken Semmer. Ken had everything about him, running up people. He's a shadow of the player. He looks horrific. He, he, how he lasted as long as he did, I've no idea. But, you know, 
that's just one example. The midfield look lost. Nobody passes to each other. They don't know where to pass. There's no running. He starts the game without Andrews yet again. Why? Look perfectly fit to me. Well, there's obviously reasons. And he's not playing Dennis at centre forward. So if Mr. Pozzo has signed Dennis to play him at sort of a left wing and he's got Andrews and he's sitting him on the bench, I think that's where some of the issues are going to come out very quickly. But I don't know. I just I don't know what to make of it. You tell me. What do you look for, Pete? What do you look for when you go to, to see the turn on the telly to football team and to watch your team? What are you looking for? Well, I've used the phrase I wanted us to be more than the sum of our collective parts. Yeah. You know, because... That's what I, that that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for for teamwork. I'm looking for patterns of play. I'm looking for an understanding where you have players making third man run up back and up back and through was what we scored in the first 45 seconds of this season. If you recall, mm. I yep. dropped in, basically took took a touch, gave it to to loser who fed in Tom Delibashiru running on. We don't have any of that movement either laterally, diagonally, as I was saying earlier on kind of straight line running equals straight line thinking. That's, that, that feels like it's gone. I, I, like everybody, and like you, I know, desperately want to have a, a, a manager who stays with us for a period, who we can grow. However, this is feeling like we are on a, we're trying to walk up uphill on a Stairmaster and they're setting it to like 100%. Your point about the free kick or the set-piece specialist, the first thing you do, and I don't care whether or not you're a set-piece specialist or just Joe Schmo. The first thing you do from a defensive set-piece point of view is you ensure that the wall is solid. That's the first thing you do. If you take yep. a ball in the chops, that's part of the game. That's what you do. The ball came from, and I'm not having a go at the lad because uh, the one on the other end did it as well, but Aspria jumped. He jumped out <laughs> of the way of the ball. He turned his back so that the, the <clears throat> deflection basically came off, the, off of his back. Literally, as he landed, he's remonstrating with any professional footballer wearing a, a light blue rather than a dark blue shirt that it's obviously somebody else's fault. And then, yes, I, I agree with Charlie. I think it was a bit of Chris Packett hands. I, I would have hoped that, that Heyman might have done a little bit better, but the wall is there to do one job. It is there to say, if you hit it at these three players, it does not penetrate. We didn't just we didn't just let it penetrate. We added to the difficulty by, by that. Now, that's yeah. not something that's very difficult for a coach or a set-piece coach to do. That's something, it, it's about discipline. And what you need for that is you need to make sure that you as a player know, actually, if I did turn my back and something goes off, what waits for me in the dressing room is a damn sight less pleasant than me taking one in the chops, basically. That's and what you've you, got to do, discipline. Yeah, and that is what I'm saying. And do you think the players care enough? That's what I'm saying. Do you think, and um, without turning into the host of this show because you do a mag magnificent job. But ask your question that you asked Charlie that you might ask me. Would you make a change? I would have made a change last week. Yeah, agreed. It, it's. I don't think they're playing for him. I don't no. think we are seeing what in any workplace you would describe as discretionary effort. Correct. And I didn't, before that game last week, I didn't want that to be the case. But well, None of us but, want it. No, absolutely. But the point they is that statistics done. change over and suddenly we are now on five defeats in all competition out of six, that suggests that the dressing room is not entirely with him or is not entirely doing what he's looking to do. Sometimes you need to freshen it up. Sometimes yep. you bring need to bring in a fresh voice. And I'm not suggesting who that might be or what it might be. It might be Tom Cleverley, this, this year's Hayden Mullins equivalent. Whoever it is, it, it, it feels like sometimes you need to freshen things up and it, it looks like we've gone either stale or, and in fairness, and, and people can quite rightly shout, <laughs> but but that's what you're asking for here, is that the players are almost waiting for him to go, so they're not doing anything for him. Yeah. And, I, and, and we I, get into I, that cyclical thing, which none of us want. We get that. We understand that. But suddenly we're looking at, uh, at the next 11 games and going, we need six points. Where do we get them? Yeah. And I, I think that's where we are. And I think it, it's no coincidence. I, I know for a fact um, that, uh, Mr. Pozzo doesn't go to away games. They A lot of them sit and watch the feed back at the ground or in their own homes. And uh, Duxby goes to more than most, but I know for a fact Pozzo never goes. And the fact he's there today says everything I think you need to know. I, I think there's been conversations in the week. I think this was, you. we need to see a reaction today. We were a whimper. It wasn't a reaction. It wasn't an effort. It, it, there wasn't even, if, if you could see us smashing down, we're hitting the post, we're at the bar, we're having them cleared off the line. And it, an unlucky defeat 
fair enough that he might live another week, but nothing like it. It was a million miles away from it, and I can't see how he survives now. I just can't. And if he does, I just can't. I just can't see it. The atmosphere Wednesday could be a tinderbox if if he's still in charge and we start the game like we did today. But. Uh, it's all very sad, and I've got no appetite to see manager change. I really haven't. I know I've been sad. I've been bored and stupid with it, and I've not no, liked No, not I've, at all. I've never wanted to see another manager. I want to see Watford with stability and a manager, And but this guy's just bores me to tears. He's returned to type, if you know his history, and do his, do, do your homework on him, as some out there might have not done if they listen. He's returned to type, and I just want to see somebody with a bit of oomph about them, and let's have a bloody go. <laughs> That's and a, I hate bloody East End. That's a finale. <laughs> oh, that's rubbish. That's nonsense. I think I, along with everybody else, can envisage that uh, that Rich would be excellent on the market or in the calf. I reckon that's probably, <laughs> that's probably where you'd be. Rich, mate, love it. Lovely to hear from you. Uh, always, Good evening, guys. Always, because this place is absolutely about whatever your opinion is. It doesn't matter if you are right or if you are wrong. You do not have to, as Charlie did earlier on, go and apologise and go, I'm sorry, I feel like I've been right and I really don't want to be right. That's fine. It doesn't matter. It's your opinion. We're going to come to uh, Boyd in just a minute. I'm going to go to Paul Fiander-Turner because I think Paul, Paul's been at the game and I think he's coming back on the club coach. So let's see if we can get some some feedback from people who were at the ground. Paul, sir, can you hit your mic button? Good evening, Peter. You're right. Good evening. Now, the last time we spoke to you, cyclists were were throwing themselves at the at the club coach. Has it been incident free in this particular instance? Well, my son's going to go to school on Monday with 57 new um, sign languages, swear words that he can use <laughs> in his grammar school. Uh, so I'm, I'm expect I'm expecting a suspension letter to come quite quickly on Monday morning from his school. Welcome but to Bermondsey, everybody. Excellent. Um, never mind. It, I mean, b- before I even talk about the game, it was quite funny seeing that Millwall sort of like playing up the caricatures and trying to be the hardcore sort of following that they used to be. But it was actually quite funny. I missed their goal because I was laughing so much at these adults in the first sort of five minutes just insulting everybody and they weren't even looking at the game when they scored a goal it was actually quite funny <laughs> yeah been there a number of times it's it's always a pleasure and they, they do i think the phrase caricature is lovely because some of them it does feel like they've, they've kind of formed some kind of identikit kind of thing to do it but hey no one likes them they don't care but they did a job on us today return to the yeah, pitch how, yeah. how was it and how were the away support how what was the interaction like the atmosphere was, was pretty good. It was boring. First half was tough to get behind them, but, you know, there was a good amount of singing and, and generally a little bit of booing at half time. But we, we were just sloppy in the first half. That was the problem. There were so many sort of hospital balls and not chasing down and running off the pitch. It, it was just really hard to see the momentum going. And we had all the possession, but we were just going left and right playing this crab football again. And uh, you'd have thought first bit of the second half, they'd uh, go up a gear. But again, the first sort of like passes were just so sloppy. It just didn't really get going until, what, 70, 75 minutes again. And that's the frustration, isn't it? Teams that have got the lead against us know to just sit back and we just go long ball, hit and hope. And as you've seen lately, our shooting's not exactly been the greatest, but our crossing and our set pieces and even worse. Yeah, yeah, so very much so. I heard a suggestion. But I didn't hear it directly. It was like one of these like rumours on social media. They go around like Chinese whispers, don't they? You're kind of never quite sure whether or not it's true or not. But somebody was saying that from the from that there was a suggestion that we were going and the game plan was to try to get away with an ill. Seems an odd thing, bearing in mind you look at actually, and I know I appreciate after the last few games it's hard to believe it, but we do have attacking talent in the squad. Did it feel like that or did it feel like we were going for it a little bit more? It's hard, it's hard to tell because you set up for a nil and then you don't defend a free kick. Yeah. It's not exactly the best game plan in the world, but it did feel um, as if we were going to try and sort of like just sit back. And even when we won one nil down, we were still doing it. So yeah, it did feel like that was part of the game plan. That's for sure. Dennis was dropping back as well at first and he was falling over a lot and he, he just couldn't trap anything. And it was, you could see that he was just playing it deeper than he wanted to be. Mm. So there was definitely a game plan to drop people in deep and pick up the ball and just recycle it again like they, like they keep doing. But, you know, that seems to be the, the thing that's drilled into them at the moment. And that's, that seems to be part of the problem. Yeah, but there was a moment in the first half where Spreer, who was playing kind of centrally of the second line of kind of midfield or attack or whatever you want to call it, and he was trying to get his the feet, the ball out of his feet and get an opportunity. And Jake Jake Cooper, their big left-sided centre-back, came lunging over and he, just as he got the shot away. And he could have played it into bio. But that wasn't really the issue for me. The issue was that, exactly as you said, Dennis was staying 25 yards out wide right rather than going, 
come on, it's in the centre, make a diagonal run in then. And he didn't seem to want to get involved. And that was what made me think, I wonder if that rumour had any credence to it, whether or not it was like, well, this is what we're going to try and do and then change it in the second half. It was frustrating. But what was the reaction at the end from the supporters? And did the players come over? There was, Coney came over at the end. He was the first player over. And there was one particular Watford fan gave him absolute pig's abuse. But he kind of stood there and kept kept clapping. But most of them came over. Hoyt was there and he was, he kind of pointed a few people over. But most of them came over quite quickly, quite willingly this time, as opposed to last Saturday. But yeah, there were a few people giving a, a bit of abuse to specific players. Might have been a hangover from last Saturday more than anything. But yeah, Coney definitely got a bit more than anyone else from what I saw. Good stuff. Well, I, I do hope that uh, your son doesn't take doesn't have too many hand gestures uh, available to him on uh, uh, on Monday at school. I hope he I hope that can kind of clear his system before then. But uh, he's, he's practicing he's practicing them on me right now as we speak. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> it was his first away game, wasn't it? So ha- yeah, how, how yeah. did you find the experience or or thus far on on the club coach and going into going into enemy territory? Ah, it was great fun, great fun, great fun Stuff. getting into the ground, great fun getting the atmosphere built up. But yeah, it was it was brilliant. I, I think you'll I think you'll be back for another away game before the end of the season. That's the important thing. That's definitely the important thing. Well, look, Paul, have a safe journey back, and let's hope that no more no more cyclists come and try and throw themselves in front of you. Obviously, also if you were one of the, I think it was about four hundred people were travelling to the Den on the Thames. At some points, they were going in the wrong direction. And then they were going in the right direction because I'm sure they got there and having a jam, damn good time. So do let us know about that. But in the meantime, let's turn to Mr. Boyd Mayover. Boyd, sir. Long time Hi. How are you, sir? How you been doing? Yes, I'm very good, thank you. Can I start off by saying I'd like to make an application to be Watford FC's corner taker. I am partially disabled and I nice. walk as a stick. However... If I'm standing by the corner flag and no one's near me and I can't be tackled, I reckon I could beat the first bloody man. So I'm hoping you'd be kind enough to forward my application to the club. So that's that out the way. I I agree with you. Unfortunately, Val's time's up. I have supported him the whole season. Yeah, yeah. But there's one thing I'd like to add. This stuff about not playing for the manager. They're not playing for us. They're not a bloody manager. They're not playing for us. They sicken me. That's a very good point. They sicken me. It's us. They're not playing for. The bloody manager will change. We all know that with our loony tune owner. He's going to change anyway. It's us they don't play for. And as one of your previous callers said... Mm-hmm. The wall for the free oh. kick, pussy is being kind. Jesus. Just unfortunately, I, I've supported Val, but we can't now. This sideways, backwards, Lewis can't pass the ball forward, incapable of passing the ball forward. Jake, I think, had a great season, dipped the past couple of weeks, and that's shown up. Dennis can't trap a bag of sand and Ken Summer, as they said, shut of himself. I just it's just appalling. It is a great shame that Val's gotta go because churn and return, but I don't see how you can keep him. He's not gonna change. If they play today identically to how they played last week, what does that tell you? Oh yeah well yeah and last week when we came on we were all saying well hold on We've previously been hearing about how it was game on the Saturday, game on the Wednesday, and you hadn't had a chance to kind of do anything. You've had some chance. This is after two full weeks going at it, which is what was requested. And it's it just felt a bit rudderless. It feels, yeah. it. we said about it last week, that everything felt you know, kind of improvised and off the hoof, which, yeah, there, there's always got to be enough area or a framework put into place that allows for some spontaneity. Because if we don't know we're going to do it, there's no way that the opposition could have scouted it. So, yes, you have to have a framework and patterns of play that people will look for certain levels of movement. We At the end of that game, we had Martins on playing basically next to Dennis because both of them were playing yeah. wide left. And then Lewis went to try and make an overlapping run and just kind of stopped. And it was like, you've got three there. They all managed to, between the three of them, 
not actually do anything with it, and I'm pretty sure it was Lewis gave it away. If not, it was fairly yeah. odds on that it would have been. So, uh, yes. me. but yeah, no, it's it feels like this is why I'm saying I feel looking at this, and I try to be as positive as I can be and non non judgmental because people come on and have different opinions and different yeah. views. But Rich pinned me and turned it around and went, "Would you?" And I went, "Yeah, I think I would. I think I would because that we are having to just kind of now suddenly." Here over the precipice and going, yeah, we need to I make sure I, we avoid that. For the first time, I think I would. Four passes across the back, goes to Lewis, goes back to Haver. Four passes across the back, goes to Nagakia, goes to Haver. And if you notice, when we pass across the back, we're on the edge of our penalty area. Oh, yes. Other teams pass across the back, they're on the edge of the halfway line. That's the difference. Because our fullbacks don't move. Uh, well, look, don't talk to me about Lewis. Uh, I'm very sorry, Boyd. I didn't mean to make you talk about Lewis. I'm sorry. I just, all of them. I, I just, but as I said to you, yeah. I do accept Val has to go, but all this stuff not playing for the manager. They don't play for us. Very good. I like that. That is that moment, everybody. Suddenly go, hang on, you're not wrong there. Boyd, it's always a pleasure to hear from you. Last time we heard from you, you were in the States. Whereabouts are you at the moment? You back, are you back home? No, I'm back home now. Lovely stuff. Well, hopefully you get to see you down at, uh, at either the, uh, the the Swansea game or the Coventry game. That would be lovely. That would be lovely. Now, let's go. Let's go from uh, last time we spoke to uh, to Boyd. He was very far west. Okay. I'm going to go I'm gonna go to Martin. I'm going to go to Martin and see if we can get Martin on. Otherwise, it might be me. I don't, I'm not sure. Justin's not here, so I can't quite tell. Martin, sir, hit your mic button and uh, and you should be able to talk to us. How are you doing? Good evening, Pete. How are you, mate? I'm all right, mate. It's good It's good to know that there are people out there who are hearing me because John's all the way out in Dubai and I have no idea how the internet works, but it seems a jolly long way. So who knows what could have happened. Oh, mate, come on then. What are, what are we thinking Val-wise at the moment? Well, I was always one of, the, one of these, keeping for the season, keeping for the season, but no, he's got it now. Yeah. He had a week, like the previous callers have been saying, and it's just the same, mate. I don't know where we go from here. Six points now. And these next two games are, are going to be tough matches. So I, can't, I don't think there's even a chance of picking any points up for the rest of the season if we keep Val. And the guy, what a legend, what he just said, the one you just had before. Yeah. Avoid the legend, absolutely. Yeah. Saying about, they're not playing for the, the fans, but the club, the badge, anything. They're, they're a joke. And I think, it says like this, mate, it's going to be a relegation battle, mate. It's hard to say that, and it's all we can, all we seem to be doing is looking down. And teams around that area now are picking up points, so it doesn't look good, mate. No, if, if it, it is disappointing, and it is disappointing that we lose a game to that particular free kick so early. And and I appreciate the earliness doesn't make any difference. You'd score in the first or the 99th minute, doesn't really matter these days, at least 99 minutes. But it, it was the lack, it was the lack of reaction to try to get back into that game that felt so. Uh, Obtuse. And the best of it is, Pete, Kayembe got subbed in the 26, 27, 27th minute last week. First minute picks up a yellow card. <laughs> so it's like, oh God, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. But with Gino being there today, I think something's happening tonight. I really do. I don't know who would come in and sort this shower of rubbish out. I'm not going to swear, obviously. It's <laughs> evening, but no, I don't know, mate. People mention Scott Parker. No, but I don't know. I don't know, mate. I don't know if anyone will want to come in and sort this out. Well, I've, I've, I've got a friend who's a Fulham fan, and he said, well, actually, Scott Parker in the championship was pretty effective, but the football was as dull as anything. But I'm not sure where that where we are on that barometer at the moment <laughs> because obviously it's frustrating, but I wouldn't have said that the season has been dull. I think we've seen a lot of good things this season, and it's the fact that those have come to seemingly a grinding halt and that the performances and the noises coming out and the rather inexplicable decision that we're resting Andrews. This is the statement given publicly that we are resting Andrews. And yet the moment Ngakia is, is fit and available, he's in. The moment Bio is back and fit and available, he's in straight away. And, and then when we're chasing the game, that's when we bring on Andrews, who again gives us, I'm not saying he's perfect by any means. The lad is 19. He is having he's to. He's, yeah, he's got to learn. He's got to learn the game. He's got to learn his trade. Really, it's what I said on my my space the other week about Pollock starting to get games. You've got to bring these players in Indeed. to get the experience. And 
I do not understand why Andrews isn't starting. I, I don't get it. He's a young lad. He's going to probably go in the summer to a better club. And literally, it's very strange. And playing Tom Delibashiru in front of Nkaki and him last week and him not even starting today. Something's going on there. Maybe Val's just putting his point across saying I'm in charge and I'm not playing him. So I don't Yes. It baffles me, Kate. It baffles me. It doesn't. Bring Troy back. Bring, and what? I listened to your thing on Spotify this week, and wow, what? Wow, mate. He, I, I'd love Troy Deeney back as a coach. Oh, just well, <laughs> anything. We, we, miss our, we miss our captain. We would do. Well, while, while you're here, while, uh, just, and, uh, Mike, can I just ask you to stay there? Because some people might not have listened to it. Or, or, let's face it, it was about three and a half hours in total. I think I edited it down to about three hours. So you might not have had a chance. <laughs> this is what Troy Deeney said. To us, and it came as a shock to us because we didn't know where it was going. Is Troy? Because you know I was nearly coming back, don't you? You what? Sorry, you know I was coming back at one point. Well, one you? of the questions is, are you available Saturday? And I only think it's half kidding. I was, I was genuinely supposed to be coming back this year to do what? As, as a player or a coach? Yeah, coach, yeah. That was okay. So what's cracking off with that then? What's why are you not there? Ask the two people that have left. Oh, okay. Was there not rumours of that? Did we not yeah, hear wind of that? Yeah, but it's always knowing what's. In the wind and what's real. And no, I, I met them in April in the Grove and had a chat about how that could potentially look, feel. Because obviously at this age profile, I did expect to come in and be playing. No. Like that's, that's just stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I think you would, mate. I yeah, you would. I was, even at this grand old age of 35. But it was more to come in and help and learn. Similarly to what Klebs' role would have been, obviously without him obviously naturally getting injured and then going into the 18s. Yeah. It would have been a similar fit of that nature. And it was 95% done. Just the last bit didn't get done. Oh, well, that's this pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> this wouldn't have anything to do with a certain interview and speed bumps and things, would it? Or was that? No, that was before then. That's why that one came out, because they pissed me off. Right. Ah. Oh, okay. It makes sense. Got you. Okay. So, so See, it's I, lovely I, having both sides of the picture, isn't it? It's amazing. It's so there we go. That was that was part of it's in part four. Don't worry, I'm not going to play any more of it again. Martin, you can come back off of mute now. Thank you for that. Even hearing back again, Pete, wow, I, I, I miss him so much. And what, what an interview it was, mate. What an interview. So great. Oh, it, it was, it was, and I think Carl, Justin and I will probably say it was probably the easiest guest interview we've had because he clearly want, was happy to talk he was in a, he was in on great form and we kind of loosely structured where we wanted to go with some questions but uh, no he was fine now i'm not saying because opinions will differ about about if they were to look to bring troy in and i'm not saying about i don't think there was any suggestion in the whole thing about a head coach not at all but as an additional voice or somebody to come in he does a lot of talking about uh, about Mileta Rajevic and actually how he thinks that he's got something to work with. Other people will look at that. And, and I, I, there was a great conversation on Twitter earlier on where uh, uh, somebody else said, uh, uh, no, I disagree with that. And there was a big conversation. And it's great because all it's there is to promote like this debate. doesn't matter if your opinion agrees or disagrees with it. It's interesting. The thing that makes me feel something is that since, since we've lost Troy, since we've lost Troy, that makes it sound over grandiose, since Troy left and moved on, the, the one thing I think we've missed is somebody who did and don't get me wrong, he didn't do it on occasions. He, he was also kind of flawed just as you know, and went through flawed appearances, just like we've seen here today. But from a point of view of somebody who would literally say, this is not acceptable and this is who you are letting down. And to come back exactly to Boyd's comment earlier on to say it is the fans that you are letting down. It's not just the people you're seeing Monday to Friday. It's the people who are turning up on a Saturday and traveling all over the country to try and stand behind and support you guys. All the way, I think. I think he and or players that he mentioned, such as Tommy Smith, John O. Obviously, he's in at the academy. Paul Robinson, a, a number of players who he just said, look, there are uh, Tommy Mooney. There's a number of people who would come in and do whatever the club would ask them to try to come in and and do to help it because it just feels like there's nothing being done there in terms of the team realising that they're representing those people in the stands. It's great that they're coming over. Well done to, to them for coming over after a game that's obviously very disappointing on the end of a back of a, a, a poor run. Kone has been the, literally, he's been the standard bearer to come over and, and kind of recognise the fans. But having something like that, having some somebody to do something like that, somebody else, surely that might help in some way, do you think? I agree, mate. Some ex-players, some legends that could come into the team and... 
even if Troy comes back and does some like a player role manager, give him a chance because obviously people listen to him and he knows. And like he said on in the week about obviously getting into Ivich about training him. Obviously, we're not doing that with him at the minute, so he makes a lot of sense. But even anyone who's even Tommy Mooney coming in to help out, Aurelio Gomez, anyone, but just do something because <laughs> what for football club should not be where we are in the league. We, we're an established, we were an established Premier League club for nearly six years, and where we are now is the something's going on behind the scenes, and I, it's just going to keep going down. And Uncle Ron has been right. We're going where we are. It's like we're just going down and down. Now we're in a relegation battle. My grandparents, who are no longer with us, used to have a thing in their hallway, like people of a certain age and a certain vintage. They had these kind of marvellously made kind of pieces. that, And they had this barometer, this wooden set barometer. And they would, in order to understand whether or not, it, it, this, was, this was the world that they lived in, whether or not it was going to be sunnier or colder, they'd go over and they'd tap the barometer and the needle would flick either up or down if the pressure felt like it was moving up and it kind of adjusted to it. I get the feeling that if we go and tap the barometer, it's moving downwards at this moment in time. This is the trend that we're seeing at this minute in time from the team. And I just feel like that, that, that there's a requirement for some form of catalyst, potentially. And I appreciate we've all taken the piss out of Gino's love of a manager bounce that doesn't materialise. It feels like we need a manager bounce in a way. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that's for Troy because I chatted to him for the other day for a long period. There are other candidates and other people available, but it it, it just feels at the moment like 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 Val is struggling in the ways that Rich has has spoken about as well. Martin, sir, your spaces you do it on a Monday night typically. Well, what what have you got planned, or is that depending on whether or not a corner flag is waved from the club? <laughs> well, obviously we're back on Monday nights. Maybe have some news about Val then. But no, yeah, every Monday, sometimes we do one like Geordie wasn't with us on Monday, so we did a little special one on Thursday for about an hour and Geordie had his views. But no, but no, it's every Monday, mate, Twitter, 7 p.m. So I hope you come along, mate, have a listen and all everyone else on this space as well. It'd be great to hear all your views. Yeah, no, we normally record our opposition views on a Monday and we are due to do that again. So where are we? One tomorrow, one, because we've got the two games. So I'm having to do one Sunday, one Monday ahead. So if I get a chance, a free chance, I will jump on when I see it. But there you go, guys. Have a listen out to uh, to Martin and the Yellow Brick Road boys. I actually finally got to remember it. There we go. There you go. There's a shock horror. Pete remembered something. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.